It's Wednesday. It's 7 p.m. It's the Lights Out. Let's go. F1 show. Jack's Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's Wednesday again, and it is the Lights Out. Let's go. F1 show on Jack's Radio. And I must say, Wednesday nights seem to come around extremely quick nowadays. Uh, I've got with me Rich and Adam. What do you reckon? It comes around pretty quick, doesn't it? Yeah, it comes around very fast, Dan. It really does. And uh, all the better for it. All the better for it. It's because we're so excited, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's just because we're getting older. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, well. you can really... Right. Can... Well, well done, Adam. Bring it all down. Yeah, we're just... <laughs> just a rapid shuffle to the grave, isn't it, Adam? <laughs> right. Okay. So, this week, we are reviewing... Uh, the uh, race at Imola, uh, and we've got plenty to talk about, so I say we crack in straight away. So a little bit of F1 news. So uh, I've heard that James Allison, uh, who is the technical director at Mercedes, is stepping back from the role at the end of the year, I believe, and he is moving what they say is upstairs to a more hands-off role. Um, so my question, my my first question to you boys is. So James Allison wanted to move away uh, from, from from the role. He's been doing it a while. You know, I think it's quite a loss to Mercedes. Is this start? Is this the start of the great empire beginning to crumble? I I don't think so, really. To be honest, I think I, you know he's, he has been there a while, as you say. And moves like this don't happen without some sort of uh, succession planning. Uh, going on so I, I can yeah. only and that's a huge assumption because I don't know but I'm assuming he wouldn't be allowed to move upstairs leaving a gaping hole in the technical director's chair that wouldn't be ably filled by somebody who's probably been working extremely closely with him and knows just as much as he does and might even bring more to the role you never know yeah quite possibly quite possibly I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the end of it I don't know. what do you think Adam yeah I think I'm kind of of the same mindset to be honest i think and plus it's not like he's leaving merc right altogether he's just kind of taking that quote unquote back seat and is it different than the adrian newey moves over on the red bull side made it may may you know will it cause an initial dip and then a resurgence i don't know yeah we'll maybe see. maybe um we got this strange story about Aston Martin that they are contesting the rules for 2021 the rule changes which is strange because 2021 has already started um personally i'm not quite sure where they're, where they're coming from with this and apparently nor can a lot of teams um it's something to do with the rule changes that was brought in um was a joint decision between the FIA and Liberty Media who are the commercial rights holder and apparently changes to regulations should only be made by the FIA and the commercial rights holders shouldn't be involved in this. Um, so Aston Martin, because it's hurt them as well as Mercedes, are uh, going to contest this. Um, I think they're clutching at straws a little bit. I think they know that they copied the Mercedes design last year. They did very well last year. And you've got to take the rough of the smooth, you know, that brings with it that if something hurts Mercedes, it's going to hurt them also. I I think it's maybe look, making them look a bit silly, but I don't know. You know, Lawrence Stroll's a shrewd businessman. Perhaps he's he's got something 
perhaps you know something that uh, you know. I know I, I know Adam's a fan, so uh, perhaps perhaps it will come to something. But I can't see it coming to anything. I think it will go away as quickly as it as it appears. The story, but I think Lawrence is exerting himself. Yeah, exactly. He's just uh, yeah. Potentially for few rule changes, he's just he's shot across the bows, possibly. Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah, it's just I, a I, I, move. I think it's exactly what it is. It's just to see what he can and can't influence. He, right? He's just he's just flexing his muscles to see what he can and can't do and what he can and can't yeah. get away with. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then the next bit of news, which would be uh, great news for you, Adam. Next year, there's going to be two races in uh, the United States. Uh, so Miami have just signed the contract to uh, have a race from 2022 onwards. So uh, maybe we shall meet up in Miami and, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, bring it on. I mean, I'm all about it. Although, frankly, Montreal's closer to me than Miami and Austin's probably not that far off. I was <laughs> it's, just... it's in your country, but it's still a fairly hefty it's bus ride. It's a hell of a long way. That's like saying it's like, oh, it's the Barcelona Grand Prix, Dan. We could just nip down there, you know. Well, we could. Easy to fly. It's easier to Barcelona. Oh, this is very true. But yeah, <laughs> it's a street circuit by all accounts. I'd look at the layout. It is, yeah. Apparently, so. It looks quite exciting. I have to say. I think. I think. I, I think my flight to Miami is actually a decent bit further than your flight to Barcelona. To be fair. There you go. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Montreal's probably the place of you anyway, isn't it? So uh, yeah, it's about about nine hour, about nine hours from me, drive wise. Ah, that's that's nothing nice, 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 nice for you the states, isn't it? That's there a commute. <laughs> In fact, I think you picked me up from Washington. It was about that long, wasn't it? Uh, Washington's about about four each way, but yeah, I mean, by the time yeah, I yeah, yeah. come to get you and back home again, it was about nine. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Right. A couple of things that I, that, that I heard also uh, when I was watching this race. So this shows uh, sort of the, the 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 fans that Max Verstappen has. So apparently at Bahrain, so obviously there's a lot of um, excitement around Red Bull having the fastest car as well. Apparently 60% of people in the Netherlands watched Max Verstappen race at Bahrain. Which is quite amazing. It is um, amazing. Wow. It also, it also tells you what there isn't going on in Holland. Well, that's very true. That's very true. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, he's got a massive following. Um, I mean, I can't wait till we get a proper race. Now, you know, uh, I think uh, Zolda is on the calendar this year, but I don't know if they're going to have fans there. So, you know, I, I can't wait until they have a proper race there with fans. I think it's going to rival Silverstone for atmosphere. I think it's, I think it's going to be great. While uh, well, Max is there, which is good. I think, I think it'll be very orange. It will be extremely orange. Very, very um, orange. And uh, with this race, so we had, uh, and we will come on to it obviously when we do the race, we had Lewis and Lando, two Brits on the podium, and that marked the 700th podium for British drivers this weekend, which I think is a pretty outstanding stat, really. It's, that's, uh, an epic, that's an epic stat, that is, Dan. Why am I pulling that one? It is, it is. It is. Although, although hasn't Lewis hasn't Lewis got about three hundred of those just down to himself? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go, there you go. Right, okay. So, question for you: Do you know the full name of this Grand Prix this weekend? <laughs> Come on, I do, but I do only because I heard them recite it on the on the television oh. coverage. Media do not ask me to repeat it. All oh, right, no. Well, come on, you must know. He set the challenge down, Adam. What is it? Emilia Romano 
Grand Prix, uh, what, Dino? Made, made, made in Italy, something or other. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're getting all the, you're getting all the words. It's, it's like chucking a scrabble, a scrabble board down. You, you've got all the words, but not necessarily in the right order. It is the Formula One Pirelli Grand Premio del Made in Italy al de Emilio Romagna. There you go. That was the full name, and I think it's probably the longest name of a Formula One uh, race that we've had. <laughs> and what is the circuit called? Imola. Was it in Imola? It, huh? it, it, it is in it, Imola. It's called the Autodromo Enzo e Dino Ferrari at Imola. There you go. Matt. Oh, that was where the Dino bit came from. E Dino Ferrari. Was... Yes, correct. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah, well, there we go. And I love little things like that. I love, I, I love trying out my pronunciations on the radio, which is always good. I need, um, to, I need to learn Italian, is what I've discovered there. Yeah. yeah to be, to be fairness, I have absolutely no idea whether you did a good job or not. <laughs> I can tell you I did a fantastic job. It, it certainly sounded very impressive. I'll give you that much. What he doesn't realise, what he doesn't realise is he's just ordered a pizza and it's turning up. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. So, we're going to go into a song in a second. Um, so, before we go to the quality race, I mean, how good was it? This was a fantastic race again. This, this, Imola has, has to stay on the, on the calendar, I reckon. Do you think? I, I think so, yeah. It's a well, great, it's a tight track, but, I mean, well, just a lot's happened. A lot happened over the weekend, both in quality and in the race. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. There doesn't seem to be a there doesn't seem to be a lot of of thought that it will stay around though. No, I know. I don't. Yes, they just they just don't believe that they can actually sustain it on a regular basis and have the infrastructure etc. ready to go. But which is a shame. I mean, it's a proper old school track, and it's one of those tracks which showed this weekend that if you make a mistake, it bites you hard. You know, Mm -hmm. and and you know all these new tracks like Abu Dhabi and things, they just don't have that that sort of um they don't have that there that you know you make it slightly and the trap bites you yeah the only the only the only challenge i would say to that would be would we be having the same conversation if it had been dry all weekend Mm. yeah possibly possibly yeah i mean there's not a lot going on on that track as far as overtaking opportunities etc etc when it's just a dead straight it's a very narrow dry track yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the no, weather had a huge, huge impact to that. The, the excitement of the of the race weekend, I think. Yeah. Very true. No, that, that's fair. Okay, so before we do the qualifying and race, we are going to have a song. And Rich, we're going to come to one of yours. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to try and keep my links going for as long as I can. So the last uh, track I linked was uh, uh, last Wednesday was Blossoms Charlemagne. That was uh, and so the link the track, by the way. I thought you you were into that. And you liked it. So the link this uh, this week is the drummers, basically. So uh, Blossoms drummer Joe Donovan is uh, endorsed by the British Drum Company. Um, he's the, he was the sort of first artist to be uh, to, to sort of get a, a link with them after they'd set it all up. And one of the five guys that set up the British Drum Company is a Mr. Ian Matthews. There's a close personal friend of mine. And uh, Ian Matthews is the drummer with Kasabian. So that is my link from Blossoms last week to Kasabian this week. And it's Shoot the Runner. Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show. Jack's Radio. You're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show on Jack's Radio. And that was Kasabian with Shoot the Runner. 
Okay, so we've done a bit of F1 news and we are going to get into qualifying and the race now. And there was quite a lot to to um, talk through on the race. So instead of going through qualifying as well, I thought I'll just give a very, very quick uh, summary because I think, Adam, you said it best when we were talking just, just before the show that after the race, you couldn't even remember what happened in qualifying because, uh, you know, it's quite an exciting race. So, well, that, um, that knee's getting on a bit. It's quite old. It's like, it's not so yeah, old. exactly, exactly. And also, why I want to quickly just gloss over qualifying is um, because Alonso got out qualified for the first time since 2017 uh, by his teammates. So I think we should have an in-depth in discussion about that for at least half. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Who was the last teammate to out qualify uh, Alonso? Do you oh, know? I don't know. Was it Jensen at McLaren? Was it? Probably wasn't. No, no, it was Van Dorn. There you go. Yes, ah, uh, yes. Andorn. Yeah, I did know that. In, 2000, in, in 2017. Okay, so uh, we had uh, signs out in Q2, which was a bit of a disappointment, but he made up for it in the race, I think. Um, we had a fantastic lap for Lewis to get on pole. Uh, that Red Bull still was the faster car, I think, so that was a really, really Herculean effort, I think, from Lewis. He just didn't um, make any mistakes, did he? That was the no, thing. No, he didn't. It, it was a fantastic lap. Uh, we had Lando Norris that put in a fantastic lap, and such a shame. Track limits, but you know, you know my thoughts on track limits, and it was a hundred percent right that the, that it was deleted. Yeah, yeah. But. To me, it still shows what a great lap because it was only marginal and he was fast in the other sectors as well. So, you know, oh, he was. actually, you know, tried hooking up a what fantastic what a, what lap. A so. And, and he, was, he was gutted too. He was gutted. I mean, and again, he, he accepted it. He knew that it was his mistake. He knew that it was absolutely thousand percent the right thing to do to, to, to cut the time, but he was gutted. And yeah, Lewis yeah, afterwards, yeah. Lewis did uh, do a little tweet and, you know, sort of yeah. was very supportive of Lando. Very nice yeah. to see McLaren doing well and all the rest of it. These, these, little, yeah. these little things coming through from Lewis, uh, I'm sure we can get on to him at another yeah, stage. Yeah, but, yeah, so, yeah, he's got a bit of love for Lando, old Lewis, hasn't he? Yeah. And, and then I'm you had a great lap. You had a great lap by Perez. Uh, so, you know, he, 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 he really put it in there in the mix, which is great. Um Paul from Bottas, he was down in eighth, I think. So that, that was, yeah, that was that, that was poor. So a quick run at the top ten. So you had Hamilton on pole, you had Perez second, Verstappen third, Leclerc fourth, great lap by him. Gasly fifth, another very good lap by Gasly. Ricardo sixth, uh, Norris as we spoke about down seventh, uh, Bottas eighth, very poor. A good lap from Ocon in ninth, um, and then you had Lance Stroll in number ten. So, on to the race, and we had some predictions uh, last the, the other weekends, and go on, Adam. Did we? Go on. Yeah, we had some. Did we? How did it go? How did it go? I got mine totally wrong. Yeah, me and Rich were totally wrong. How, how did you do, Adam? I don't, I, I don't know that I remember. I might need you to remind me. What were mine? Uh, you got them all right. Okay, you got the top three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wasn't going to cover. I, I wasn't going to cover it, but you would never let me down if you if didn't cover it. So well done to Adam for getting the top three right, and let's see how he does next week. That's well done, okay, well done. so let's uh, let, let's crack on with the race. So it was a really ex- exciting start. I mean, rain absolutely poured down minutes before the race started, and just threw chaos into the mix. You had on the parade lap, you had a couple of drivers sort of you know, making their way to. To the grid, you had Leclerc sliding off. You had Alonso sliding. It was it was a real chaos. It put tactics and tire choices, you know, it, 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 
into chaos and really made teams like think on their feet straight away, which which I really love. It, it just really mixes stuff up. Um, so the race started off. Uh, Verstappen and Hamilton got away pretty well, and then you had a a first lap incident really between between Hamilton and Verstappen. Uh, how, how did you see that? So I was actually really disappointed, first of all, because I think it changed the outcome of the rest of the race. And, and because of that incident, we didn't get to see the Hamilton Verstappen battle around that track yep. that I was looking for. So fortunately, you know, the rest of the of the of, of the day did actually still live up and was very exciting. But I was I was initially a little bit concerned that it was going to be somewhat of a pedestrian race after that. And secondly. I think that was. All, I think Hamilton covered the wrong driver on the uh, on the launch. I think that he gave Perez way more credit for the the launch that Perez was going to get. He came across to cover off Perez, never thinking that that, that Max was going to take that outside line and come down come down his left hand side. So um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was it was definitely. I think you know. Yeah, Perez's first ever time on the front row. He was probably going to be a little bit slower just by, just by you know by not being in that situation before. I would have thought that that um, Hamilton would have would have considered Max to be a, being a bigger threat, but he definitely came across. He was even angled, came over, covered off Perez, and he and he gave Max that that launch and the slip stream down the outside. Yeah, I think also the other thing that I noticed that gave Max the launch was he rather cleverly went across. Uh, the uh, the box that Hamilton had been had launched from, and I, I watched it. They did they did an overhead shot uh, on the coverage I saw, and, and you can see he also gets a second kind of almost boost as he goes over the dry patch that right, yeah. that Lewis yeah. left. That's interesting. Obviously, Lewis had got away and put some tire marks down, so that was a, so he he launched and then he, he almost got a sort of a secondary little launch as he came up the side. And yeah, I mean he absolutely aced the start, Max. Did you can't you know. Yeah. I mean, I was a bit disappointed with with um, with Lewis. It, it was a mistake by Lewis, I think, because when he got yep. to that sort of second corner, um, he knew, you know, dri- drivers of his experience always know that that wedge is going to close when you've got that, you know, series of corners. Yeah. It, 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 it's the first lap, you know. The race isn't won on 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 the first lap. I I think he should have backed out of that and just slotted in between uh, Verstappen and Perez and sort of followed Verstappen through, you know, and and, and thought about his next move later on. He, I think he could have backed out of that corner because they know. Yeah, he those. probably could. Yeah, go on. I I think I know. I, I I think you're right, and I think if it had been any other driver, he probably would have. If it had been Bottas, he would have backed out of that corner. I feel like that 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 first corner is just further validation. Eventually, those two are going to take them each other out of the race. Yeah, um, yeah, quite possibly at, at some point, right? Because I think with you know with a with a Bottas or any other, he's like, well, okay, I can I can finish behind them on this corner, even this race. It's not going to affect my championship. He knows that it's absolutely imperative that he stays in front of Max and vice versa. And I think you're going to see them come together more often than not. And, you know, with the realization that it doesn't matter if we take each other out at the same time, yeah. Um, yeah. rather than, you know, rather than finish behind, behind them. And like I said, I thought that was going to be, I, I feel like if, if, if that started gone differently and Lewis had stayed in front, 
that would have been an entirely different race. Yeah. Completely different race. Yeah, true. Yeah. Fair share, I agree. True. I mean, Lewis picked up some damage um, on the on the on the front wing, and it, what I was surprised about was how how much pressure for the first stint of the race Lewis was able to put Max under because losing that part of the front wing, it you know most of your airflow is affected yeah. from the from from the front wing. So losing any pieces off the off the front wing, and you're gonna, you're going to lose performance in the car. So I was actually impressed by how fast Lewis was and how he was able to put Max under pressure. For that first in, in the race, really. So well, um, I think the, the tires were going away, and 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 all of a sudden Lewis's inters started to come back, and that's when he was starting to really gain back on Max and uh, and why because the, the 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 Mercedes has a problem more getting temperature into its tires. On yeah, the flip yeah. side, it means that they kind of last a little bit longer, and they do come back, and they do come back into play a little bit. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair, and. I mean, what's going on at Aston Martin? Uh, I mean, both cars on the way to the grid, uh, their brakes caught fire and there was all sorts of issues happening. Uh, I think they lost power during the race as well or something. It was happened to both cars. Um, you had this issue where they were working on Vettel's car right up to the start of the grid, but they didn't put the tyres on in time, so they incurred a penalty. Um I think it's all kind of uncharacteristic for this team because this team, what used to be obviously Force India and and and, and Race and Point, you know, always used to working on a budget. Um, they were perennial overachievers, you know, and, and they really put a foot wrong. Okay, sometimes their drivers came together, but it, they sort of sorted that out. But as a team, you know, they've always been really, really tight and really sharp. Now. Has Lawrence Stroll coming in this injection of money and the raising of expectations is that making them take their mind off things a little bit, or, or you know, putting their mind on other things and starting to make mistakes because of the pressure? Quite possibly. I think. I mean, I don't know, Adam. You're 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 our resident uh, Lawrence Stroll investigative <laughs> loving journalist. <laughs> Have you got any insight? No, I, I don't know about. <laughs> I'm not sure about an injection of cash. I think he's bought an injection of fear. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I would not want. I would not. I would not want to let that guy down. And I, and I wonder if that's where you know the. the it's possible that that's a, that that's affecting things a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. No, no, no that's very true. Um, and on a similar vein, so the Haas team. So we know that they're going to be slow because there's no development in in the car, and they've already started off at, at the back of the grid, um, but. I mean, how long can people like Gunter Steiner keep their jobs at a place like Haas when it's not just that the car's running at the back, but the, the two races so far, it's been calamitous, both races. You know, it's just calamity after calamity. I mean, what what is going on on that team? No idea. I think... Hate. I, th I think I think the answer is mid twenty twenty two. That's how long they can keep their job. They're not they're not going to count them this year. They've already written off this year. They're just getting. I know they've written year, it off, but but it's calamity weekends as well, which is putting the name in 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 a oh, bad I, light. I mean, sure, yeah, no doubt. How involved is Gene Haas still? So he's very involved. I mean, on that Netflix show, Drive to Survive, he's he, he's basically saying, you know, I can't keep putting money into this team. 
with performances like this, but that's because now they're that's why they've written off this year and they're looking to twenty twenty two. But I suppose Adam's right. Once twenty twenty two comes, if they're then a, a underachieving, also, um, I think Gene Haas may be looking to take his money elsewhere or changing the management structure at Haas. Perhaps I don't know. Yeah, I think you could be. Yeah, on that assessment, I think is fairly spot on. Mid twenty twenty two is how long they keep their jobs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so we had uh, uncharacteristically we had Lewis in the gravel as he was uh, putting pressure on Max. I thought he was building up to a really interesting phase of of the race. You know, he was starting to put uh, Verstappen under pressure. They came up to some back markers, uh, Russell being one of them. The reason why I've called him out is because we'll come on to him in a minute. It, it wasn't a great day for him and Mercedes. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I don't think it was Russell's fault. He held his line uh, when Lewis was coming up behind him. Lewis chose to, at that point, go onto the wet to, to sort of go, go around them and then couldn't break for the corner and ended up going to the gravel and ultimately hitting the uh, barrier slightly. Um, yeah, it, it was a real shame because that really robbed us of a, of a Verstappen-Hamilton battle there. What I thought was really good, though, was the cool head that Lewis had on him where he yeah. put the car into reverse and reversed out of the gravel yeah. because he knew the drive would, um, going forward, the rear wheels would dig into the gravel, beached, and he'd be out. So that is him thinking of the championship, thinking very cleverly and thinking, OK, I need to do what I can to then save this and and, and then see where he gets to and you know he ended up getting to second it was, it was well great. That, it was and, great that, drive. And, that, and that was the thing you could see his, you could see his head working when he was in the gravel and he tried to go forward knew he couldn't get round it was thinking i've got to go back and give myself room to get round it and then you could see sitting there thinking and that's when it was like actually do you know what screw it i'm going in reverse i'll get some drive here and yeah. i think the gravel at imola is quite compacted it's nicely uh, raked at the start. So it, the cars do dig, you dig into it and it gives the safety that it needs, but it, it does mean that they're not automatically beached. You see some of the circuits where it's like a ploughed field of, of gravel. Yeah. And once you're in there, that's it. But at Imola, it's kind of, you know, you can get through if you need to. So, but I mean, yeah. heck of a recovery drive. Yeah. yeah, and, and not, not just that decision to, to go all of the way out in reverse, but the way he controlled laying the power down to get that car moving... Yeah, was was pretty sublime too because if he had spun those wheels once, they would have dug into that gravel, and then dug in more and more and more and more. So the yeah, fact that he was able to get the car even moving was 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 a pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I I thought it was it was very telling of of you know that's his, his experience. It it would have been easy to be slightly hot headed headed. You've got into the gravel yeah. and then you're trying to do whatever yeah. quickly and then and and, and then you know. It, it's game over for you, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. Well, like everybody else, he was probably sat there going, what, what's going on here? What? It's, it, what? I've made a mistake? Where <laughs> yeah, was that's it? very true. Lewis doesn't make mistakes. It's like, it's, so this is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing all there. It's a 100-year event, was I saying? Some yeah, of that that's true. We've had in years past, it's a one-in-hundred-year event or whatever. Yeah, it's a, yeah, he was probably a little bit bemused as to what had just happened, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So you had uh, the eventual winner of the race, uh, Verstappen. So I think it was a pretty much faultless race, really. I know you guys got a view on the on the restart and things, haven't you? What, the fact he span completely? Oh, yeah. He managed to keep it, though. Very nearly balls yeah. <laughs> 
the restart. Yeah, apart from apart apart from that point where he was one full lock away from binning his entire race. But he didn't bid well, yeah, it, did he? Yeah. He, kept it. he kept it. He kept it. Yeah, but every, you know, in, no, in okay, these conditions, yeah. everyone made a mistake pretty much. But That's yeah. true. That is yeah. true. That is yeah. true. But okay, apart from that, it was a pretty good drive for Verstappen. It was a great and, drive from Max. Great drive. Yeah, you're right. It was. It was. Um, I think. Uh, and, so, and so it should have been. He wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're true. True. So it should have been. But. Uh, I think Max, after qualifying, after seeing that lap from Lewis, now I think uh, Max understands that he may have the fastest car, but that doesn't guarantee him a championship. And I think now Max is realising, I actually also have to drive the fastest car as fast as I can. It's not a given for a championship because I'm racing someone like Lewis Hamilton. I, oh. I think that qualifying lap, I think, probably hit home to Max, I think. Well, not only that, he wasn't even the fastest Red Bull qualifying day. That was right, yeah, exactly. Sergio Perez, you know? So, it, and, exactly. and worryingly for Max is that Sergio is uh, still getting used to the car. Yeah, very true, very true. And then we come on to the coming together between Bottas and Russell. So you had Bottas... Um, I mean, shouldn't even really been there. He he shouldn't have been racing a Williams, and a Williams shouldn't have had that speed advantage coming up behind him to overtake him. But that's the situation that we had. Um, so you had yeah, so you had Russell with a a, a huge sort of toe. He had DRS as well. He came out the corner quicker than 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 a Bottas, and he was coming up behind him. He had great speed advantage. He went out to the uh, right to overtake him. Um, and then ended up putting his wheel on the damp patch of the track or on the damp grass, which spanned his car into Bottas, and it was a very uh, dangerous accident. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're both okay. Uh, it's you know it's quite a serious accident. But where would you put the blame there for between Russell and Bottas? Mm. <laughs> well, I so I think ultimately you have to put it down as a racing incident. But you there's do. one I agree with fact. That. There's one fact that I would say I'm going to put the blame on Bottas, even though I think most people are going to blame Russell. But there is one interview I saw with Russell that kind of lent me in his favor. And what yeah. he said was a couple of things. So first of all, what he said was, "I'm racing for ninth. Ninth position to Bottas is nothing. It means nothing to him." He said, it's almost just you know, a waste, a waste of a, a race to him already. It's everything to me. He said, now the key point was, he said, there is a gentleman's agreement among the drivers that if you have a faster car coming up behind you and they have DRS, you will not give a late jolt on the wheel. Yeah. And if you look at what, what Bottas did when, when you know, Russell was clearly faster at that point, he had the DRS, he came up. And Bottas, and bearing in mind, these guys are, what, 180 miles an hour at that point down that straight? He gave that kick to make Russell react, go out further onto the wet. And like I said, you know, on a dry track, that was a dangerous thing to do. On a wet track, it was clearly catastrophic and it could have also been uh, an awful lot worse. 
Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And 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 the other the other the other comment that I thought was quite telling is as Russell was giving that perspective in this particular interview that I was listening to, he said, um, "I don't know why he he did that. I can see no reason why he did that." And the key part was, perhaps if it had been any of the other drivers, he wouldn't have. Yeah, I saw that. I heard that Which I thought, oh, okay, so now it's now there's some some real contention starting to come between these two, and he's starting to get a little bit tired of driving that Williams and feels that he should be in that yeah. car. He's probably and that's right. my question, right? He's probably right. I think you said it yourself, Adam, on the last show that we had. If Valtteri Bottas makes it the whole season in that Mercedes, or if he's starting to drop back, if he's not getting the points. And it looks like Merck might lose the constructors' title. Then you know, do they switch through with him and George Russell? And I tell you what, that conversation or that thought has clearly circulated within uh, the Mercedes and wider Mercedes team because I think George is—you're right—he's he's desperate to get in that car, and he's looking at Valtteri going, "What the hell are you doing in ninth place? Yeah, what are you, I, what are yeah, you doing down here?" I, I agree. I agree. And and the other thing that I thought that I don't think anybody's mentioned. I also think from George's perspective, his immediate reaction afterwards, getting out of the car, getting over to Valtteri, literally, what the hell were you playing at? I mean, there, there was, it was Expletive City on the radio, smacking him in the helmet as well. And, um, you yeah. know, I just sort of thought, wow. But also, that is, that's a marker for the rest of the pit lane, the rest of the paddock. That's saying, by the way, guys, when George Russell gets in a quick car, you get out of my way because I'm not going to give you an inch. He wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is saying to the likes of Max Verstappen, "I'm not going to muck about when I get into a quick car. It's going to be me and you, sunshine." Yeah, yeah I, think, no, I, I, think, I, I think that's fair. And I think the day, the day of reckoning is coming for Bottas, right? Because I think that I mean I, I haven't gone back and looked at this, but if you think about it, he was what 0.5 of a second off of Lewis on the on the qualifying lap. Yeah, right, so he was in 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 years gone by over true Mercedes dominant dominance. He's he's half of a uh, you know point four four tenths behind Lewis. He's probably still in the front row. Now, as the other cars have closed the gap, Red Bull have closed the gap. The Ferraris are coming back into the fray. All of a sudden, point four of a second off off of Lewis, and you're in ninth or eighth or yeah, whatever yeah. it was he started. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's that's that that's that's going to start to expose him, I think, a little bit. For maybe perhaps the level of the driver that he that he really is, and and what else is there? Yeah, I mean, my call on that is it, it, it's as you say, it was definitely a racing incident. Um, I think Bottas did make that slight move, um, but also the track kinks twice there, and the natural Bottas was following the natural racing line, so it was it was it was a difficult decision to, to really apportion blame. But for me, this, the more of the story is what happened afterwards. And I think Russell Agreed. is an extremely politically minded person. He's quite of a Alan Prost, I think when it comes to politics in F1, he knows how to play the game. And I think Russell came out with some very strong uh, comments on, you know, what happens and about Bottas and things. And I think he is, turning the screw on Mercedes to say either you want me in that seat or you're going to lose me to someone else because I'm not, uh, you know, he, 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 he's showing he needs that seat. And I think it's a different take on your comment from last week, um, Adam, but, but where you said, you know, if Bottas isn't performing, how long he can stay in the seat. 
I think more of the question now is how long can the Sailors wait for Russell to put him in the seat because they're going to lose him to a I don't know to a Red Bull to a McLaren to, or to a whatever. Yeah. I, I think that's more the question that that. that they're going to end up losing Russell and they need to do something. And I think it's going to come to a head at some point in this season, I think. Yeah. Either way, Toto Wolf had a very, very tricky weekend. So he he did, yes. He, and, and, he, and he was very critical of, of Russell as well, which I was surprised at. And, and But maybe once he looks at things differently, he will look and, and think, uh, okay, you know. Uh, it, it, but I think that's going to be an overarching storyline through through the season of, of yeah. Russell and Bottas um, and how things go on. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting point of the race. I, I, I thought that was great. It's all um, part of the yeah. show. All part of the show. It the is show. all part of the show. It is all part of the show. So the race ended up with, obviously, Verstappen winning. Uh, you had Lewis in second. And then you had Lando Norris in third. Now, what a great race it was from Lando. Fantastic, wasn't it? Epic, absolutely fantastic! Yeah, Nothing we've we've, we've we've got a real driver there. I think. Oh, he had a great weekend, Lando Norris did. What a, you know, I, I, I do you know what you said it, Adam, on the on the show that you know that, that that Lando could well finish ahead of Ricardo, and I think we were probably a bit too uh, a bit too cautious. I think he could absolutely. He's stepped up a gear this season. He's really stepped up. He he he's become a serious racer. You, you had the jokey Lando when he first came in, and then you had that consolidation second year. He's become a driver now. He's become a real driver, and yeah, he could be heir apparent to a uh, you know uh, in the eyes of the, of the Brits when when Hamilton moves on. If Russell doesn't you know sort of step up, I, I think Lando could be there. He's a very good driver, I think. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be making uh, Danny Rick open his eyes a little bit and and wonder the, how the rest of the season is going to go for him. Yeah, very much so. Okay, so we had obviously two Brits. We had two Brits on 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 the podium. When was the last time that happened? Do we know? I was. Well, it's got to be Lewis. Can you even give me a year? Can you give me a year? Two thousand and twelve. It was two thousand and twelve. Lewis and Jensen. Yeah. Clearly, Lewis and Jensen, it was at China in 2012. Oh, yeah. so, uh, and maybe with uh, Lewis and Lando, uh, we, we might see a, a few more this season, which would be good. Yeah. Um, we had two Ferraris in the in the top five. So they, they, they had a good race, really. So they're, they're starting to come back to um, to uh, the uh, fold. Uh, Sainz uh, made a few early mistakes, but he... You know, got it together, and he had a really good race, I think, Science, which was which was good to see. Um, and we had a messy weekend from Perez, so he had good qualifying, but it was quite a messy race from him. And yeah, yeah. and Yuki Sonoda, we give him a, a, a mention, friend of the show. But as we sort of <laughs> all said last week, you know, there's going to be some rookie mistakes, and at a very tricky weekend at a track like Imola. I think you know that's where those rookie mistakes come in, and yeah, he did, he did bigger. Who was who was the, who was the last rookie to make that same mistake on that same corner? No idea. It was Alonso in a minority. <laughs> now, when do you pick that stat out of nowhere, Adam? <laughs> How many hours of scouring the internet did you, did you find for that one? <laughs> 
he's obviously he's hybrid. Hybrid. Adam is clearly going to come up with an Alonso fact every week from now on, isn't he? Yeah. There you go. You shut up. We're going to do Alonso cock-ups now from now. So what you're saying is that Yuki Snell is going to go on to be a double world champion and possibly the finest racer of his generation. Is that right? It's quite possible. We'll see, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. Okay. So we have a uh, time for a song now. And Adam, we're going to come to one of yours. Yeah. So okay. uh, after the last show, we went kind of old school with uh, the undertones. So it was that late 70s. So I thought this, this week we'll do something a bit more up to date. And then I realized that the song I picked was still just about 20 years old. But nonetheless, it's still a great track. So which is from the early 2000s. And this is a song called Last Night by The Strokes. Love this song. You're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show with Jack's Radio. And that was the fantastic Last Night by The Strokes. And you're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show on Jack's Radio. Okay, fellas, so we are running out of time fast. It's amazing how fast an hour goes when you're talking about the exciting world of Formula One. So... Uh, we have a week break in the F1 uh, this weekend, so there's no race, uh, but we'll still be doing a show next Wednesday. Um, and then the weekend after, we are going to Portugal at the uh, Porto Mayo track. Now, I loved this track from last year. Again, it, it was new on the calendar because of COVID, and it's come back th- this year because of the uh, on- ongoing global pandemic. And just the elevation change in, 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 in the tracks, that it was beautiful to watch on the TV. You know, I think it was quite exciting. Corners where there's a few different uh, lines you could take into into the corners, and you know, a, f- a few overtaken opportunities. Yeah, I, I I thought it was a really really lovely track, and I'm really excited about going back there again. Um, so on to predictions, and can Adam carry his streak forward? Oh. So Adam, tell me, what are your predictions? I don't think I need to do them again, do I? I thought that I was kind of <laughs> one and done. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna go out there this this time. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go boring this week. Um, I'm gonna go Lewis followed by the two Red Bulls, Max then Sergio. Okay, oh. so make a note of that to make sure that we get it right when you get it wrong. So you've got what? Oh, I, what I, I have no doubt that I will. <laughs> so you've got Lewis. Max and then Lewis Perez. for the win, then Max and then Perez. Interesting. Okay, Rich, where are you going? Right, I've, I've been thinking about this. I'm going to go a bit mental. I'm going to go Sergio Perez for the win. Okay, nice. Ooh. And I'm going to go second place, Lando Norris. Okay. And I'm going to go nice. third place, Pierre Gasly. I'm going to go Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, I think, oh, okay. I think it's going to happen. I think Lewis yeah. and nice. Max are going to nice. take it to the rat. That's, that's nice. a good shout. I like it. Okay. And I am going <laughs> Verstappen for the win, Lewis Hamilton in second, and Lando Norris in third. I'm going to copy what Adam did last week and see if that takes me to the, uh, to the win. Fair enough. We shall see. So we shall see. Right then, fellas. So that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this at home. Um, you know, it was a review of Imola. I won't say the full name of the uh, 
Grand Prix uh, again because it would take us, you know, way too long. Um, I hope you join us next week. Uh, please follow us uh, on Twitter uh, at lights underscore F1 or you can follow the station on at Jack's Radio on Twitter or you can contact me on dan.knight at jacksradio.com. I'm not sure why you would want to, but if you want to for any feedback, any questions and we can read out for you, then that'd be great. So playing us out this week is one of my personal favourites. It's going to be Green Day and it's going to be Wake Me Up when September ends. And so it just remains for me to say goodbye and drive safely. You want to say bye, fellas? Goodbye, bye, guys. fellas. Jack's Radio.